Okay, yeah. I watched the first two. Hello and welcome to the Gooners Podcast. <laughs> Jared, how are you? Doing doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm just eating as uh, as I was during the entire podathon. Um, as always. We started early today to prove a point that Mike is always the one who's late and he'll always blame it on someone else. Um, dude, it's been a while since we've potted together. It, it really has. I, I was kind of out of the loop for like two full months due to work. So it's been a while since I'd potted with anybody, but it's a perfect time of year to be getting back into it since we got kickoff tomorrow. Mm, I know. I can't believe it. Like, um, yeah, obviously the all or nothing drop last night. So Chris and I st- stayed up a little later than expected and watched that. And God, look at that. It's like, it's coming out of the womb. <laughs> Fresh He's out muted. of hibernation He's with this mute button mute still on. He probably left to put on a diaper and uh, that's why he was late for the show. I knew you guys were going to start. So, you know, I, I know you so well, disembodied head. Um, the reason why we started early was so we didn't have to listen to that intro video. You you went intro free? Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that? Dan's that, intro. That gets us to the two minute mark without having to without having to do anything. It's like getting paid for doing nothing. Once we have a once we're halfway through and we have like an awkward moment of silence, we'll just start the intro and then that'll let us recoup. <laughs> Oh shit. Um Mike, how have you recovered? <laughs> Here we go. I'm, I'm getting ready to press the button right there. <laughs> how have you recovered from your uh 27 hours and five minutes potathon? Quite nicely, actually. Um I, I had an enjoyable couple hours with my son afterwards, had a nice dinner, um, and uh got a lot of sleep that night, got some work done. I'm still catching up, but like there's gonna be clips. We're gonna get, put all the different twenty, you know, of the twenty-seven hours, we probably have about something like twenty-four or twenty-five different segments that we're gonna clip, we're gonna put out, put out the audio and um I still got to get in touch with all the prize winners. I mean, there's the work never stops when uh, when the show's over. Was, there's so much more to do afterwards to make sure everybody gets their prizes and and all right. that. But I just I uh, I can't thank the two of you guys enough and everybody else who participated in it. I, you know, we won't we won't rehash all the you know the dick sucking and the back padding and stuff that uh, that we did on the podcast. But it's um, it was uh, it was a great experience. Uh, more, you we know. need to get a clip of you and that thunder strike, like your reaction. To oh it God, was yeah, amazing. <laughs> and the strange thing was that thunder strike. That was the end of the storm. Like, like it was storming, it was storming, and then it was like boom, and then that was it. Done. Like, yeah, that it was done after that. It was it was the weirdest thing. But I in, in reflection yeah. of the twenty-seven hours, what was your favorite moment? Um, it had to be this. Hold on. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, it's the background. Oh, the Lee Dixon uh, high five. Yeah, <laughs> and that was within the first hour or so. He and like the he's the one who uh, asked to do it. I know it's it's it, it's hilarious. He's like, I don't even remember what led up to that, but he's like, yeah, could we all possibly? Uh, I mean, that that that's the weirdest thing. You know, you've made it when you know the best right back of, you know, football in the history of football, and I, that might be controversial take, but not in my world. Uh, you know, ask you to hold hands mm, mm, with I another agree. with another dude. I, I mean, you know, look, I I I will put away my you know. 
my uh, sexual proclivities for uh, for that request anytime. Now, Jared, I know that you were on the pod, off the pod, listening to the pod. Um, did you have any favorite moments? Any like thing that you? I know his least with? favorite moment. Yeah, we don't have to discuss that. Yeah, yeah um... <laughs> I know his least favorite moment, and I was I was listening when I saw him just drop off. Oh God! Uh, favorite moments. Um, it's always kind of. I, I like meeting some some new people. Like it was the first time I sat and talked with Elliot for any amount of time. So it's nice to just meet different people in the podcasting world, which is one of the nice things about it. We get exposed to some different people and different stuff. But I always kind of like the last hour where it's less about Arsenal and just kind of catching up with some friends we haven't talked to in a while and just kind of winding it down but having some fun at the same time. So I always enjoy that. It's probably the the least likable for people watching it, but most enjoyable on our side. Yeah, I think for me. Yeah, and there were, you know, there, there, there were a couple of kind of behind the scenes guest issues we had. Um, you know, one of them was uh, FK was supposed to join us for like the 25th hour and late in the day, he got an invite to the Amazon, um, like the pre, you know, that, that big party that was happening on yeah, Tuesday night. And, you know, if I have to choose between accepting an invite to that and missing it because I'm hour 25 of 27 of a potathon, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what he did. So, um, mm. you know, it, it, uh, so, so I knew about that in advance and just, Rather than try to grab new guests and stick it in there, I just decided, you know, look, let's make the last three hours just kind of a, a free for all. And and Soph was amazing in, in helping me out when I messed up uh, and needed a needed a a, a lift, and um, and you know, and then just kind of open micing it. And the, the 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 four or five folks that came on from the open mic are you know people who I've gotten to know really well, and it was just great to be able to hang out with them for it. So. Yeah, um, sorry. Uh, I was I missed that last hour. I was actually really looking forward to just the five of now, us being on. Now, Amazon documentary, good reason to miss out. Backstreet Boys. No, um, I didn't miss. The I, last I know. Hour I know. It's a disappointment. Um. Oh God, that show was so good, though. Uh, no, I didn't miss it for that. But I was really bummed because you know, obviously, I was driving to the the doctor, and so I uh, I was listening to it and. Oliver was like, Dad, this is boring. Put on music. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, you know, one of the big highlights for me, and uh, again, Mike, I've never hidden this fact. Like Jared and I were just talking about it off air before we actually came on. The amount of football content in the world, like you could, Jared said, you could go a whole day and not even cover all of the podcasts and content. And so we were talking kind of about our favorite ones. And like for me, I, and I'm, you know, the pod with hers and his team, the NAACP podcast, um, (laughs) that was like, I've never really listened to a full like hour with those guys. And I was a little disappointed. That's such an easy joke. And it's the first time it's been made like in three years. That's why I made the joke on the, in our text group. Oh, I, I don't know if I've ever noticed that before. Yeah, I asked if they just talked about criminal injustices, and like, you know, and like, yeah. Um, but no, like, I was, re- I really enjoyed that hour and that segment. That was a lot of fun, and and like, so yeah, it kind of, you know, again, I apologize to Mike and Sebi and his team, um, people I consider friends and know personally, and like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, all right, let's jump into all or nothing because. Yeah, obviously the three of us have all watched it. Um, I wrapped up the third episode. So, 
my first takes on it. I thought it was great. What I was expected. I know Mike gave me shit for watching the other All or Nothings and really enjoying it. Um, no, I didn't. I... Yeah, you did when I watched the Man City one. The Man City one, sure, but like, well, because you're sure. like, this is great, and I'm like, it yeah, was great. No. Content it was great. The one was like beautiful, Schroedenford though. The, the Tottenham one was great because they really focused on the FA Cup, and we won it that season, so that, that made it the even <laughs> even better. But like, you know, I think I the reason I didn't really want to like the Tottenham one or watch it because it humanizes the characters in there, so you kind of start liking the Deli Ali's of the world, and you're like, why do I like these people? But um, my biggest takeaway from the first three episodes was where the fuck was Aubameyang? Like they covered essentially 10 matches, 12 matches in that first three episodes. And you didn't hear one pregame speech. You did, and now I don't know if that was by design of the editing crew to cut him out since we know what's going to happen. But like, was he the one, a- was he the one on the microphone in Leicester after the game saying something about we want Tuesday off or something? I don't. That was Maitland Niles. I I wasn't no, sure Maitland when I watched Niles it. Was, I was trying to tell. I'm not Maitland sure which Niles it was. was. Standing there, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't Maitland Niles on the microphone. I thought I thought Aubameyang was sitting down next to Maitland Niles, and he was the one on the microphone. Not that asking for Tuesday off is necessarily a sign of top leadership, but like, <laughs> I mean, you know, they showed him a lot, but yeah, they they yeah, certainly like, didn't. Where where was his speeches? Like, yeah, yeah, we didn't hear him speak a word for three full no. episodes, really. You see him getting his hair cut, and it was like, but like I assumed the captain says at least something. I know there's captains that lead by example, but like you know, it's essentially you thought that that because like, if you watch the Spurs one, Kane speaks a lot in those pregame huddles, you know. And yeah, I mean, a, no one knows what he said, but no he one knows speak. what he says, and he just yells "fuck" a lot. But I Fuck. I was expecting like a McFarland type of speech. Before that's the not who he is, but we we, no. but we we know that's not who he is, and and you know, look, they could have cut out every inspirational thing, you know, all four hours of inspiration from from Aubameyang that was done there. For all we know, but for all we really know, that's not who he is. Yeah, and I think, like Andy said, you can lead by example, or you can lead sort of verbally, and then there's some people who don't do either, which I think was probably the case the latter part of his time with the armband. Yeah, but. He was one. I never thought he should have been captain to begin with. It's one where we didn't have a good. There was no Tony Adams. There was no mature voice in the team. So you just kind of arbitrarily give it to the best player. So yeah. So sometimes it works out. Sometimes, probably more often than not, it's it's not the best way to go. But there really wasn't at the time he got the armband a a ton of good options. The only option was that had the sort of leadership of the team was Jaka. And after what had just happened with him, he obviously wasn't going to get it. So it was just kind of by default he got almost stuck with it. I thought it was interesting too. One time uh, they asked him if he was loud and vocal at his displeasure when the team played bad. And he said, I'm not, I I usually get pretty quiet, which is fine. Everybody's personality is different. I would probably lean that way too. But for that reason, you might not be the ideal choice to captain a premier league football club. And you know, what happened happened. We moved on and now we've got a captain that I think everybody's pretty happy with. Yeah. The question for you guys. So a good friend of ours, Tom Rosenhammer, wrote in our little group text that he thought Kroenke came off as a kind of a, a spoiled little brat with, you know, yeah, I didn't agree with that. And, and, and so, yeah, what are your opinions on that? Because, Mike, obviously we've heard the same thing from him. Um, I didn't get that vibe. I got the vibe that, you know, OK, so let me just say this. The scene where he's sitting at the table 
with Arteta, and he basically says something like, "There's a lot of noise." And it's right after the three games, zero right, goal. And essentially nine, says nine. to Arteta, "I got your back." Like we know that this is the long play, and I, and then you heard him just kind of because they put the subtitles on when he texts Saka, and I thought, "Oh shit, this guy is probably a little bit more involved than we give him credit for." Well, and again, you know, this is this is when you get eight hours out of what's 24 times like nine months, like, like when you get eight hours of, of, of television over the course of an entire season, you, you just, you can't know what is kind of a sign of what's happening. You know, what, what's proportional to what's happening and what's completely there to push an agenda. So if you want to hate on Josh Kroenke, you will say that essentially every moment that Josh Conkey communicated with one of the players or was in Colney or, or the Emirates is going to be shown on this documentary. And it's going to look like that he was there all the time. Now, I think the reality is probably somewhere in the middle. I do think that there's definitely a desire to show his involvement with the team. I, it probably overweights the actual amount that he was involved in the team. But I don't think that what most people think of their involvement I, I think that's underweighing it. And, and, you know, it's nice to know if, I mean, to know that he's, that he's getting in touch with players directly, that he was in touch with Saka after the, after the Euros, um, you know, that's what a good owner would do. That's what a normal owner would do, but that's not what the envision that we have of the Kronkies would do. They'd be like, who's Bukayo Saka, they would think. Uh, so, you know, you got to right. take it with a little bit of salt, but you also got to appreciate that that you know they're probably not other than this documentary they're not propping themselves up constantly. Say you know what we know people think we're this, but we're actually that, and let me show you why. This is what we do. This is what... they're not going to do that. But I think, you know, I, I think what what Aston you know kind of ingested from be, from spending an hour or two with them. What we ingested a few years ago from spending, you know, 40, 25 minutes with him, um, you know, there's enough there to think that, uh, you know, some of the some of the abuse and characterization they get about their desire and their interest in the team is unwarranted. Jared, what were your thoughts on on this? And sorry, I was laughing because hers wrote "hello, hello," and then I put him in a five minute timeout. Oh, that. Uh, <laughs> he's already in the WhatsApp calling you a bitch. You pulled, you pulled a BX gunner on him when, when, when like, oh, we took the best chat member of the entire potathon, and I accidentally blocked him to the point where I had to, I had to Google how to unblock somebody, go into the YouTube account, unblock him with all the other like tossers that I meant to block. And uh, I mean, and 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 by the way, just I can't uh, thank you again to to BX Gunner, who I believe is either in Charlotte or New York. I have some conflicting information, and the name that was given on the donation is a female's name, but sometimes people use each other's credit cards. Either way, um, BX Gunner was the the well, MVP he's in the chat, so maybe he could clear it up. Yeah, Jared, what were your thoughts on the on the relation? Not like Cronky, but then also we we got to see a little bit of the the Edu Arteta kind of relationship. But before that, Mike, I just want to go back to your point. Sorry. Um, fucking see, this is why hers throws us off our, our, our cadence um, and why he should always be blocked. Uh, Chris asked me this. So we were watching it last night and Chris went, well, so how much time does the guy spend in London? And I, and, and then I was like, well, I'm not sure. And she goes, well, shouldn't you know, since you go to every abs game and essentially like you look at like, and I was like, yeah, but he's not always at those games either. So, you know, I don't know, but 
Jared, my question to you is, does he have to be at every game? I mean, all like there's 20 other teams that have ownership groups and they're not all at every game. So does he need to be at every game? No, this is something that people only care about when the team's not doing well and they're just searching for something to complain about. I mean, when Man City scored 100 points and, and won the league running away, do you think any of their fans were ever like, man, I can't believe the owner wasn't at today's game. I'm so mad about it. No, nobody cared because the team's winning. Winning kind of solves it all. And as soon as things go bad, especially in the Arsenal group, you saw it in episode one, people just say the most ridiculous things and go out there and embarrass themselves with their dumbass comments. And then two shows later, people are like, oh, I think the players really respect Arteta and go down that line when it's, you know, a month down the line. We haven't lost in 10 games. It's there just a lot no, of air weather. No question about that, by the way. I mean, the, the one thing that, that I don't think you would be able to put on for the camera and you wouldn't feel that it's necessary to put on for the camera is undying respect for your coach. And these players all have it for him. The, the, maybe, the, the, maybe not, the, you know, maybe not Aubameyang, but I mean, these players all have it. For well, and, and obviously you can edit the shit out of this, but if mm -hmm. you thought you can edit together a piece of five different people, it's still five different people saying Arteta has a tactical genius. Like it's five separate people. In different Unless they're editing people. out the word not. <laughs> yeah. They're doing a really good job of <laughs> Wait, did his mouth just move more? Ar Arteta is a tactical genius. <laughs> <laughs> Why but you hear that from all the players over the entire season, too. It's not yeah. just edited for one documentary. Over the course of the season, you hear constantly from players, whether it's Saka or Tierney or Ramsdale or Xhaka. Everybody speaks highly of them, but I'm supposed to think less because some random guy outside the stadium who said 15 beers says Arteta out? Like, Hard and pass. The, and, and, and the uh, the assistant coaches, you know, kind of whispering mm -hmm. to each other about like, you know, you know, he's 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 top is tactical. We knew that, but he's starting mm -hmm. to really connect with the players. He's relaxed. He's, you know, and that's next level when you get to that situation. So I mean, it, it it's interesting because you're seeing people who maybe aren't in the level of responsibility that he has, but have probably been in in the game a lot, you know, in the management game a lot longer and been around other managers and they're pretty well poised to make an evaluation of how he's adapting to his role. And I yeah. think what helped him too, when you, when he had that sit down with Josh that Mike was talking about a little bit ago, sort of at the end of that, I don't remember the exact quote, but Josh basically just said, you know, you need to care about the opinions of people inside this room, not the opinions outside of it, which you sort of, you know, carry that out to what he's probably talking about. I'm sure they had talks with him about that. He's their guy. They believe in what he's trying to do and they're going to back him regardless of what, you know, the media or the fans or whatever saying. So having that sort of affirmation from the inside and the top probably does a lot for him in terms of, you know, his confidence in himself going forward too. Yeah. You know, I agree with what hers said to us last night. Put those fucking screen names of those Twitter assholes on the screen. If you're, 100%. you have to be an adult to be on Twitter if you're gonna make those comments, you have to stand by the people who want to. Oh, did they black them out? They like they yeah, they, yeah. Mm -hmm. they blurred like, the no. name and just showed name the tweet. Shame, yeah. man. Yeah, like no, it's it like I'm sorry, but if you one of them's gonna be one of them's gonna be like Tom Canton TV or something. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Tom sees it. He's like, oh god, thanks. Um, <laughs> it, you know, was it weird for you, Mike? That like, like one of the first people I saw on the screen when I looked up was Simon Collins' little. Uh, Oh, I I I I, 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 I rewound it. I took a picture of it and I sent it to him at what would have been like twelve thirty in the morning his time because I'm like I'm like 
and you thought this episode sucked, you're in it. Um, right? No, and I, I, I was, I was like, okay, when, when is this going to start sucking? Yeah, he said the first two kind of were were lame, and then the third one it really picked up. The second one was the Darby one. Like, like what? What was? The I feel like Collins fantastic. is the type of guy who goes to see like, you know, an action packed like Marvel movie and walks out going, "That's not that could never happen." <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> By the way, I. I am so I have this thing where where like I was told in October about a month after it happened that Stu McFarland gave that speech and Andy you have evidence that I was told this because yeah. I told a very select couple of people uh, that I had been told that and who told me that which I'm not going to mention but like I I never really thought that that would ever come out because I wasn't thinking in terms of the documentary but I kind of wish that I had mentioned that to the gerbil uh, at one point, because it's one of those things that no one would have known, and then it would have been like, wow, they really do have some inside connections. But, like, um, I heard some things about that talk that they didn't show on there, and so therefore I can't say whether they're true or not. But I, I heard that he got up and in Jaka's face and, like, and, and might have even have like slapped him in the face, kind of like from a, from a motivational standpoint, if you can slap somebody motivationally. Um, and that it was much more intense than it even looked uh, on camera. But, um, you know, it all made sense when you remember and, and seeing it, you'll remember back to, to their, their hugs and stuff after the game. I don't, I didn't remember watching it real time. Arteta I remember Arteta doing the do, like, part, and I thought that's strange, right? Cause it's, but it, you know, the other weird thing for me watching this and I, you know, I hate doing this, but this podcast has given us access to some amazing people and there were so many moments in there where I was like, oh, I know that person. I've met that person. I'm in a text group with that person, right? And it's just like, it, it's very bizarre. Because we were we were watching that scene and I paused it and I was just saying to Chris, like, Mike and I had him on the podcast a couple of years ago. And like, this is who he is, right? Like, he is an out and out supporter and fan of this club. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's been... It's been wonderful. And then there's some people I I've seen him there. I was, I was hanging out, drinking with him two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, it, and, it's, I mean, it's that's, fantastic. That, that's every bit of who who that guy is. He's, he's awesome. He's a, you know, I mean, he is probably employee number one right at this point. I mean, Gunner, you know, the original guy who wore Gunnersaurus is gone. Vic Akers is gone. You know, he's he is the he doesn't bridge together the club and the and the uh, fan base because he won't. He he basically doesn't care for much of the fan base especially the people who are critical and the naysayers and and the twitter stuff i mean he cares for the fan base don't get me wrong don't misquote me on that but he's you know he's not trying to outreach he's an employee of the club who who fancies himself a protector of the club a lover of the people in it and you know and uh but i mean his he would credit to arteta for recognizing that he is uniquely placed to to explain to this group of 21, 22, 23 year olds and, you know, fresh from another team, 25 and 26 year olds, what the Derby means. Cause Lee Dixon always said, you know, there was this kind of passing through that, you know, I was put up against the wall before my first North London Derby by, you know, Boldy and, and, and Adams telling me how important this game was. And there's no one really to do that right now. Jaka, you know, could, but, holding could but there's no one really to do that and Stu McFarlane was the perfect person to put that message out and now they all get it and how great was it that like 
Saka and Smith Rowe talking about how like it would be a dream come true to score in the derby, and they both get one in that match. Yeah, yeah. Saka assists Smith Rowe, and then Saka gets the the second. That was probably one of my favorite moments of the first few episodes, and it brought back good memories too. On a personal note, uh, my good Don't buddy, walk that, him for this, Andy. <laughs> my good buddy that lives down the street from me, he's a huge Spurs fan, so we get together for every North London derby. So I sat in his living room and watched us just absolutely dominate them. And it was one of the happiest Arsenal days I've had in the last handful of years. We were doing our, our day of giving fundraiser, like like where we where we do it at the pub, the local pub, and we try to get other pubs around the country to do it as well. And that and that and we do share our pub with the Spurs supporters group. That's one of the unfortunate things about our pub. Uh, and they and they come in numbers, and we come in numbers. And that day, we all kind of mostly got along because there was a charitable undertone. They they donated a little bit, but when the game started getting, you know. Three nil, like some of some of the fellow Gooners didn't have the desire to put the rivalry at bay for a charitable purpose, and there was a lot of, you know, yelling back and forth. And I was like, just, just not today, guys. Please, we're we're killing them, and we're and we're all raising money. Yeah, but no, it was it was a really good good day for that. Um, I'm gonna jump into the chat real fast and just say hi to Ray, Mark, BX, Daniel, Arnie, Henrik, Tawana uh dublin we got hersey in there and sam um, Tresseter with the, with, the, the kind, uh, with the super chat thank you he said and you know it says we're insane and and we are insane because there's no way we're going invincible we're clearly going to win every single game which would require a different name what would that uh, any suggestions on what that name would be uh you know it, it the perfectables yeah whoa yeah wow the first try uh, we got Arnie Lone Star Runner. Sounds like, like like a boxed lunch thing with <laughs> I would think... Lunchables. <laughs> the... What? Okay. He got mad at us agreeing on something. We went from three to four people, but we actually went from three down to two. What, what just happened there? I don't know. It just like He's I was going through the, I was looking through the names of people, and then it just booted me out. Um, What's up, Seb? You got Sebby in the chat. Um, all right. Anything else from uh, the first three episodes? You get? Oh, the other thing I wanted to quickly note, um, and I'm not throwing Tom under the bus for this, but he kind of made a comment that like Thierry Henry's comments were very like uh, holier than thou. And, and I didn't think that way. I, I looked at it as though, because Thierry said it a couple of times, the mentality is winning. It doesn't matter about like the culture of Arsenal is winning. That's what we're used to. And that's what we need to get back to. And when he made the little comment about Saka with the penalty, I didn't look at that in a negative light. I just thought like, yeah, you have to make a penalty. That's why you're stepping up. Like the credit to the player for doing it. But if you miss, that's not good. I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with saying that that's what it is. Well, he also yeah. made a comment. Yeah. I mean, you know that better than anyone when you miss three, three out of five penalties against me in Denver a few years ago. Um, or was it three out of six? What people don't know is that Mike had the little baby goals he stood in front of, and I had to shoot in front of the big ones. He just edited it out. If you go yeah, back, yeah, 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 because I had great editing skills, quality editing on those videos. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, but he also mentioned Henri the uh, the fact that you know people want to compare this to previous players and how that isn't necessarily fair, and you know which which is a you know which, which is the opposite of saying these guys have my shoes and Burkamp shoes to step up to i mean which which is which would be a bit dickish of a thing to say so i you know i 
I didn't have any problem with that. I mean, we all know Henri is a little bit holier than thou, and that he's. Yeah. I mean, all all guys in in the in the mold of Henri and Kobe and Michael Jordan and and you know um, you could name a few others where where you know their 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 success was because of their pathological drive. There are going to be some personality traits that aren't necessarily warm and fuzzy. Right, um, right. but but yeah. also you can't kiss Saka's ass, and he knows he should have made the penalty. The other players know they should have made the penalty. It is what it is, right? I mean, you're not going to like the comment, but the comment needs to be made. Ian Wright kind of said the same thing, maybe not as blunt, but, you know, they're, you know, he's talking about the penalty, not the stuff that happened after it, right? I mean, soccer should never have stepped up to take that at all, but he did, and you learn from it, right? Um, and now look, look at this. We're in, yeah, I mean, come on, guys. Mike and what I are happening? on all sorts of shit. Why don't, uh, guys, why don't you guys just move in together finally? Because um, I'll get pregnant. And, bo- and both of you can get your citizenship. <laughs> if oh, you guys- can I tell you guys a quick story? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I tried like six months ago, I, I went on to like the gov.uk website to, to start Oliver's like passport process. And it was an absolute cluster. Like there were three different applications. We didn't know which one we should choose. So a couple of days ago, I was like, well, I'm just going to reach out to some lawyers and get questions answered. Right. So reach, out to, four... you reach out to Miami John. No, well, he, he oh, that's what you were talking about. In yeah, yeah. Super chat in the, in the uh, private chat. So, uh, so I get four responses from firms over in the UK and they're all like the price starts at 2000 pounds. That's starting price. And I'm like, for a passport? No. So this morning, I went to the gov.uk website, and it says, new beta version live. Um, follow these instructions. So you literally just start filling out like each step. Name, I put in my, like I got it right here, for all those who don't think I'm actually English. Um, don't want to be English no more. So, I, so I'm, putting in, I'm putting in all the information, and literally, I, I was like, hey, Chris, can you come down and just double check all these dates, you know, and and then I click continue and it says your passport will be in the mail in 13 like weeks. And I'm like, that's it? I, Beta yeah. version of the website's way better so, than the $2,000 version. And say that's just, you could have just done that and we wouldn't so, have to go through it. It was like 87 pounds for the passport. I was just like, Jesus Christ. All right. Um, ask questions if you got them. Mark's asking how the Beatles shirt was received at the gig. Good. To be honest with you, no one said anything. I will say this though. Um, it's a three-letter so word that Earl starts with know who the that Beatles I are. That as, but it wasn't gig. I'm, I'm sorry, Jared. I keep talking over you, but I didn't no, know you're good. I was going to say that he didn't get asked about it because none of the 13-year-old girls there know who the Beatles are. <laughs> you know what's interesting, Jared, is there were very minimal uh, teenage girls. There were a lot of women my age. Yeah, that's probably um, correct. <laughs> and uh, you know, what I I also thought was very strange. So we went with a group of friends, and my friend Megan had a picture where she had like all these cans of alcohol around her. And I took a picture to her husband who was like at the hospital working, and I just said, "She's out of fucking control, right?" <laughs> and is this the one who's wedding your officiant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so she's like, can you send me that photo? So I was like, yeah, I'll airdrop it to you. So I go to my airdrop and all of a sudden, like 15 phones, oh my God. I sent it to every airdrop and Dude, everyone that... accepted it. But I was like, what world are we living in? Did I ever tell you the story that like, apparently that's a thing that like teenagers do as a joke and stuff. Oh, we lost him. 
Well, he's gone. Yep, he's gone. Well, that's all right. I, I've seen, I don't know if it's what he was going to say. I've seen videos online where kids will say, you know, first person to yell out fuck in the middle of this cafeteria gets 50 bucks and they airdrop it to everybody and then somebody just stands up and starts screaming. That's like the the <laughs> new prank type of thing going on. Mike, have, did you, you broke up when you said. Um... Yeah, am I back? Yeah. Yeah. My my internet's being a bit wonky today. I'm glad this didn't happen during the potathon. But but the uh, my son and I went to a, a Capitals game, the hockey game, of like like four or five years ago. Um, and like when he was all in his awkward phase with braces and goofy face and stuff, and then and I was hot, and um, and and we and he took some weird picture of himself, like like, and then we and then faced and then opened up his his airdrop and there were like six different people around. So he's like, pick one dad. And so I picked one and we're just laughing our ass off. Then these, this, 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 this group of girls in front of us in the very row in front of us. And one of them's all drunk. And she's like, she's like screaming and talking. And then she like, we just see it. Like we just see his face, like on her phone. Like <laughs> She has no idea. And she's like waving her arms around in her phone. And, and my son's face is on there with the funniest thing ever. But, Dude, it's uh, that happened to us. Like the group of girls in front of us, they were all like, "Should I accept this?" And we're all yelling, "Yeah, accept it!" And she's like, "Accept it!" And then she turns around, and we had a good laugh. But um, Jared, one of the funny things that I think, like, I don't really go on TikTok, but some of the really funny videos on there, and it's 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 women who respond to something by like moaning sexually. But the best ones are when they're at like the dinner table with their families right and it is just so awkward right and it's like always like a five second video and the dads are always like what the fuck is it's perfect i wish i could remember the name it's stereotypical but i'm sure owen would know there's an irish girl who that's her that's her whole thing is she just tells these disgusting raunchy jokes but to her parents it's absolutely hilarious i wish i remember her name i'd put it in the chat she's absolutely hilarious owen or his sister Siobhan with yeah. like with like now she now she's too good letters. looking there's no way she's a blood relative to Owen <laughs> all right let's move on to the palace match um, we, we're wearing pink for that one right or are we wearing the black I, I read I don't know but for anyone who's wondering I, I did it yesterday if you order a kit through the store I think this week you get free lettering and numbers for any of the female players who won the euro so i actually ordered that pink one with williamson on the back um yeah and then i think the money goes to the the actual you should have ordered that so that it was there in time for the backstreet boys concert but damn it um what are so we head in tomorrow against palace Everyone's vibing because of our preseason. We got the players that we feel kind of round out the squad early enough in. So they've been embedded into the team. Um, in all intents and purposes, like this looks like the arsenal of excitement and we're going to win a bunch of games. How are you guys going in tomorrow? Cause I'm like, yay, I'm excited. I won't be surprised if we lose three nil. I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, because it's Palace away, but there are, you know, there there's one good good thing about the, the matchup, and then there's one like after the fact it'll be amazing. And and the good news is I'm not going. Uh, I will not be there this time. And Arsenal do well at Palace when I'm not there. 
it's only when I'm there that they suck. So, you know, as usual, putting myself into the middle of the, of, of the situation that's being discussed, uh, I think it's an easy win. Um, I, 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 I love starting with, I mean, I, I, I would rather start at Palace than at home against City or home against Chelsea as far as like looking for a challenge to start out with because this is almost like an exorcism. This has the opportunity to be an exorcism of these demons that we've had. And, you know, it is a very easy first five or six games for us overall, one would think. Mm -hmm. This is the one that people are most worried about. Um, And, you know, and it's just the, the opportunity is there. I, like I was saying on the podathon, some people agreed with it, others didn't. But like, I think the opportunity here and the positives of of winning this game way outweigh the impact of losing it or dropping points in it. If we if that should happen, uh, I mean, let's be clear: as of late February or late June, when the when the schedule came out, the sentiment was basically ninety percent to ten percent that we were going to lose this game. You know, and the only thing that's changed is we had a really, really good summer, transfer window and and preseason. But you know, I I, I just I th- I think that this game I, I don't see us losing, and that's what scares me. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, Jared, what do you think? I mean, we should beat this team. We should. We should definitely beat the team. It is a tough opener, and I think, like Mike said, when the schedule came out, all of us thought, "Oh God, Crystal Palace away game one, not the matchup you want." I mean, just in general, it'd be nice to have a home game to kick off the season. That that would be ideal. But the difference this year, and, and I mentioned this on the Podathon, every year people are somewhat optimistic for the new season because, you know, you start from scratch. Everybody wants the team to do well. I think this is the year we're most justified in being optimistic just because the teams come together so quickly and played so well in preseason. And a lot of that is the team finally doing what we've all wanted them to do for years, get their business done or the majority of their business done early. So guys like Jesus can come in and a great hit the ground running. And, you know, he's already running on full tilt right now, ready for match week one. Whereas years prior, I mean, you watch all or nothing episode one, you see holding and Mari in the middle, you see no Aubameyang, no Lacazette. Now some of these are due to injuries. Some are due to COVID, but the end point is the same when you don't have your best team firing and ready to go, it's going to have a pretty negative impact. So for us to be on the other end of that, where everybody looks pretty good, everybody's playing well, the starting 11 is probably for tomorrow is locked in as it's been in a while. So I feel good about it. It's one that we should go in and win. And I think our press is really going to give them problems and they're going to have a tough time getting out from the back on us. Um, all right. Look. <laughs> I love this. I was thinking the same thing. And then, and then, uh, and then John put it in the chat. We're asking a lot from click to edit in this lineup, playing seven different positions out of 11. So are we to believe that you ran out of time or that you only feel like – No, no, no. I put in the – while Jared was talking, I put in the names that I know are guaranteed on the on – the, So uh, you think there's only four guaranteed slots on here? I mean, and, and well, whereas like, Jared's talking about – It's a joke because he's just uh, guaranteed every time. But, you know, obviously we know Ramsdale's going to start Zinchenko. The big question for me and the reason why I'm doing this, I figured, hey, let's spend five minutes building this out – who is our starting center back pair? Like, well, first, is, what formation do we think we're going to play? For, and that, well, for this gonna game, be, it's going to be the same. I mean, it's going it's going to be the same as we saw against Chelsea and and in most of the preseason. It's going to be Zinchenko, uh, Gabriel, Saliba, and Ben White, and right back. I think uh, the entire eleven is going to be what we saw in those two games. This is probably uh, the most confident I am that we're going to stick with the lineup that I've been in a while. 
Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be a four four two though. I, I think it's no. So it'll be a four three three four two three one. However, you want yeah. to kind of call yeah. it. Jaco moving up on the left, Odegaard on the right. But we're playing so well, I don't see any reason he would make any drastic changes to start the season off in a, in a difficult away game. Who would we put next to Jaco Parquet? Do you think he starts? Uh, yeah, I mean, why would they change anything? I mean, with everything yeah. that's going on that we can't talk about, I don't think that that's going to change their decisions from from last week to this week. He started in the uh, Emirates Cup, right? Yeah, yeah how I does, mean, uh, how does yeah, he's the most important better? player in the team as well. Not necessarily the best. I'm not saying he's better than Saka, but the most important is Thomas Party. So this like, is our lineup, you think? Let's see. Does this say Martyrs? Yeah, I, did, I, uh, I nunned it. Yeah, I was I, I was about to say martyrs, <laughs> soccer's, <laughs> soccer's. You can't say soccer. Uh, well, I, my forty-nine-year-old eyes are squinting, and yeah, I think that's pretty much what we're looking at tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's. The, I, it would shock me to see anything other than that, barring uh, you know a, a late fitness test or or God forbid you know illness or something like that. But uh, I think the only one that's even goal. questionable for me is if Tomoyasu was completely fit. I think there's a chance he would bring him in instead of Ben White just because he's more the starting right back. But in reality, I think White's going to have it tomorrow for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Tomoyasu's first, first, first run out will probably be, you know, 45 minutes or, you know, a 30-minute mm-hmm. sub appearance or something like that because – the thing about him is that we're, we're already getting criticized for rushing him back too early, you know, in the past. I think we need to be really, really careful about that. So, yeah, I agree. But that's the nice part about us solving some of our depth issues. We have White who can deputize there. And like likewise, with KT's history, we have Zinchenko, who's, oh. you know, in terms of level, they're very similar. So he may go back to a while. Going back to the all or nothing, I mean, remember when they had the, the, the essentially the depth chart on the screen for the meeting with Josh Kroenke? And they're and they're showing the four right backs, and it was like it was like Cedric, Cedric, Maitland, Niles, Bellerin, and uh, I don't even remember. They're, they're like, we need to do something about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah you do. I think uh, you know Lynn brings up a good point, right? The biggest concern she has is essentially Zaha trying to get a penalty off of Saliba, and and, and like. Chat room's going to go crazy over this, but let's not forget that Saliba played in the French league that has some of the biggest fucking diving flops, especially Neymar, who went after Saliba quite often in some of those matches, and Saliba did fine. And and I think, you know, um, Zaha has the reputation, so whoever is the referee, I don't know who it is for tomorrow. Hopefully they got that. Um, let's say hi to Lynn. We got Alonso in the chat, DWTT. I think we said Dublin earlier, but if we didn't, thanks for being here. Um, we got this weird guy named Jared Carver. Let's block him. (laughs) Keeps talking about a fucking guy named Gary. Um, (laughs) I've got a little bit of a response to Lynn's comment. I think Zaha obviously is the, the primary weapon you've got to try and neutralize, but I think we may see because, I think Saliba's up to the level to play that spot yeah. without an issue. I think there's going to be a point, and maybe right off the bat, that Zaha, you'll see him move from left to right just because he's not having success against Saliba and may think he has a better chance running at Zinchenko, which I don't know that that's the case, but I think he's going to maybe be seen on both sides of their attack just because we're going to be pretty tough at the back. Is Elise, is Elise hurt? I heard that. Is he going to be missed the game tomorrow? Or Who? 
Michael maybe Owens. not start. I'm not sure if he's back. I don't think he's really fully fit where he'll start, but maybe get a, a sub appearance. Well, that helps because he's a dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the big well. change is no Connor Gallagher. He was huge for them last year. Yeah. Like their press when he was in, he, I mean, he's a really, really good player. I hate that he's back at Chelsea, but that's the big difference in their team is the drop off they're going to see without him there, I think. And it's easy. Um, easy. Ezzy was also hurt uh, for much of last year, isn't he? Is he back in full fitness now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. L- listen, Palace are a good side. You That's don't own why... the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a subscription yeah. to the internet. <laughs> yeah. Mike, if you could re uh, if you could re off our internet subscription, that would be great. Uh, let's do, let's do a quick round robin. Um, Jared, what you what's your score prediction? Uh, I'm gonna take. Three nil to the Arsenal. I think we're going to come out early and and kind of put ourselves in a good spot with an early ish goal. And then after that, the most important part of that is I want to see the zero. I'd love to see us go on a difficult away game to start the season and come away with a clean sheet. And I think we have the defense to do it. So that'd be my my main goal. But I'll take three nil Arsenal. Mikey, yours. You know, this is going to be the year that I'm just going to I'm just going to predict what I think instead of worrying about jinxing things. I mean, I I, I probably picked about. 25 different Desmonds last year because I didn't, when I felt optimistic, I picked two, two. I think we're going to win two, one tomorrow. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I just th- see us winning tomorrow. I think we're better than they are. And you know, what I'm seeing is a mentality out of this team that when we are better than another team, I think we're going to impose that upon them rather than worry about losing. And we're, I mean, the, the, the mentality of this team has switched so much. And I think the final pieces to that mentality. I mean, if we have Gabby Jesus, that that makes our team three times as good as it was the last six times we played exactly. Dallas. So, so BX, BX is saying three nil. Daniel Roberts saying three nil. Don I want to say three one, but I, I'm still going to stick with two one because it wouldn't be a season opener without some level of doubt as to whether. We oh, totally, play. totally. Dublin saying three nil. AK saying two nil. Uh, Don saying. And it's this kind of this kind of mentality from the fan base that worries me because whenever this, I remember the the United game last year. Everyone's like, you know what? We've turned the corner. Easy. We're gonna we're gonna smash United. They're having troubles, and then we lost to them at Everton back. I think back to back, and it was like, you know. And then when everyone thought we're we're, you know not only we're not gonna make top four, we're probably gonna fall out of Europe. We go and smash Chelsea four two. So like it's the opposite of the way that the that the consumer sentiment is, if you want to call it that. But again, I feel like the season's different, so I'll I'll jump yeah. on with all these four ones and three ones. And Arnie saying a boring two nil. Uh, we got Richard saying four one. Uh, we got Gunawerk saying three one. We got Alonso saying four nil. Was works with his own with his own uh, his own artwork. Yeah, Lynn saying three one. Um, we got and Gary the saying artwork. Nice, nice. <laughs> Gary saying three one. We had someone in. I can't find it, but we had Gabby, Gabby, Gabby scoring. So I'm assuming that's a individual oh, goal yeah. for each of the Gabbies. Oh, that would be fantastic. Um, of course, it was Daniel Robert. He, yeah. should, he should win something for that. Which could could really happen. Gabrielle led the Premier League in uh, goals from the center half spot. So I mean, it's not impossible. Th- that needs yeah. to be a regular like parlay bet type of thing. Like like yeah. like. Not not create your own parlay out of that, but like there should be like a plus seven hundred Gabby 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 to score. Oh, it would probably then, be more than plus seven hundred. It'd, it'd like, have to be well over 
plus 700 for me to put any money on it. <laughs> Daniel is saying it looks like I'm holding myself up, which is true because my back hurts from carrying this goddamn podcast throughout the years. Uh, <laughs> Tawana saying 2-1 Arsenal tightly there contested. We go, Tawana. I'm going to go uh, – I'm actually going to go a 2-2 draw. I uh, – I, just i don't know i don't know is that is that because you really think that we're gonna draw no i just you know it's typical arsenal right we're at the fucking peak of height and we're excited and there's just arsenal we can't have nice things with this team so uh you know yeah if you have any questions we will get to them um mike i need to change and, and my if you don't have any questions we won't get to them yeah um i need to get to my predict i need to change my prediction the one you just made, the one I just made, like the two. No, no, like, no. My score? Top four, <laughs> oh my God, that, that didn't take very long. <clears throat> oh, you mean your top four, bottom three? Yeah. So I, I was gonna text you, um, Lone Star Londoner, who I assume is a Londoner in Texas and not a Texan in London. But you can let us know if what, no, what, he is, is, he what is. is wrong with me. I just I hate being happy. <laughs> Which is why um, he's stuck with Arsenal his entire adult life. Yeah, because you have because you have a uh, a special connection to the uh, to the operator of the top four, bottom three spreadsheet. Though that's why I was going to ask you. Alonzo Spencer's asking what part. I just assume he's meaning the penis, so we can clear that. Well, he up. always means the penis. Yeah. All right. So what um, what are we changing here? Are we changing? The, I'm going to remove on Dior uh, prediction. I'm no, I'm removing Everton from my bottom three, and I'm going to put Leicester in there. Uh, did uh, did Kev Campbell get to you, or did Sam get to you? No, um, I kind of like I was just looking at all the outgoings of Leicester and not any incomings, and I thought they are so fucked. Knows <laughs> how good of a manager Frank Lampard is, and he's finally willing to publicly back him. You know, um, it'd be so funny when Ever when Everton actually does get relegated, and he asked me to delete this podcast. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll never hear the. Uh... So you're keeping, so you're keeping Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Chelsea, which is the same top four that I have. Leeds, Leicester, Bournemouth, uh, and then your surprise pick was Saka, Balian Dior. Balian Dior, um, and if which yeah. I think you meant the shortlist, but not necessarily. Yeah, the yeah, the shortlist, not him winning it. The, he's going to be in the conversation, and then um, yeah, back to back to the moment because I think Sebi's in the chat or listening. Sabi, we need you to find the cut of the of the mic on your show during the potathon with the um, thunder crack in the background, and we need to. Is that when it happened? It, I, I thought it was when they were all on together, and we need to make it into. I'm not saying meme anymore. I'm going to say meme. Um, so we need to make that into a meme, and then uh, we can because <laughs> the it's the fastest I've ever seen Mike move. Okay, and I've seen Mike around a pizza box opening, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You know, maybe you're not very nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I just read the text messages on that, I'd be to you. <laughs> um. Oh God. Oh, I think why don't we do that? Since you brought it up, everybody probably didn't see every section of the potathon. Everybody, you want to just give your bold prediction and then we can get some reactions from people too. Who's yeah, bold, the bold prediction? predictions? And, and, uh, and, and while, while we're waiting on the chat, um, let me uh, let me read some bold predictions. Lee, Lee Dixon, I mean, you know, and you can learn a lot about yeah, people read, by read, what read, they read, consider yeah. to be bold. Lee Dixon said Brentford top eight. That's fairly bold. Yeah. yeah. 
Andy Rhodes, Saka, Balion, Dior. Short list. Um, Short list. Jake Feinberg, Nottingham Forest, somewhere in the 10th to 12th range. Um, Owen said Niketia scores more goals than Nunez. Um, that's pretty daring. Uh, Simon Collings, people will like the Winter World Cup. <laughs> he was, To his credit, he was pretty fucked up by that point. Um, people will like, yeah, that's pretty bold. Um, Sophie then said that Conte will leave Tottenham. Kane will then leave Tottenham and Pochettino will come back uh, to try to save the day. I think there was Super a number cool. that predicted Conte wouldn't finish the season at Spurs, wasn't there? That I was predicted that. Pick. I predicted that months ago. I said he's not going to finish this the, his 18 year contract, and then yeah, everyone jumped on on the the mic wagon. Uh, Campbell said Leicester will struggle. Aston said Newcastle hires Jose Mourinho. Rocastle said that the U.S. men's national team will make the semifinals of the World Cup. Who said um, that? Ryan Rocastle. And, and and it turned out he he never watched us play. <laughs> he was just he's just like from what I'm seeing, and I was like, "What have you seen?" He's like, "Oh, I don't know." Um, we have a couple bold predictions in the chat that I'm going to throw up. Okay. In a minute. All right, yeah, Perfect. let's do Because because the next one from uh, from poorly drawn Arsenal is fucking hilarious. All right, we got Daniel Roberts saying the butcher is going to throw beef at Ten Hog in training. Uh, we got I, would then, I would then fall back in love with the butcher if he does that. Uh, Richard Bang saying Pep's going to be sacked at Christmas. I don't think that's going to happen. Pep will decide when he leaves. He's not going to prediction not coming true. This is actually, a, this on is any actually a good one, a bold one. Uh, BX saying West Ham's finishing fourth. I mean, could they've happen. made some good signings in the offseason. So, uh, and AK's not really a bold, but it looks we got like one predict- Se- Sebi predicted that actually in, in, in quite serious fashion. Yeah, uh, for his top four, he predicted West Ham finishing fourth. AK's bottom three are Southampton, Fulham, and Bournemouth. Ooh, two South Coast teams on there. Arnie's saying Spurs are going to win the league at the Champions League. Uh, now I'm just going to read these without them actually like vetting them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gunnar works is going to say a lot more. If there's any racism in any of these, please just yeah. don't don't post them because we're not reading these first. A lot more fans will be willing to sell Tierney by the end of the season. I think Zinchenko. We'll see what we're missing at uh, left back, similar to Ramsdale in goal last season. I, For me personally, I don't know about you boys, but if they're both fully fit, I'm almost putting Tierney at left back and Zinchenko in the midfield with Partey because I think he can play both an attacking-ish role, central midfield role, and can can sw- kind of sweep back and be a defensive mid. Um, yeah. He plays in midfield for his country. If he's happy enough, uh, Tierney being, um, you know, playing half the games, even if he is fully fit, then then I would I would value that because I think he's a valuable part of the team. But the question is, is he going to be happy in, in that situation? This, How about we see if he is durable enough first, and then we can have that discussion. Yeah. Uh, this might be one of the best bold predictions we're going to have for the year. Ronaldo will do an exit interview from his driveway as he's doing push-ups. There's a very high chance this happens. Errol Owen style. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spurs will win the league and then wake up. Harry Kane speaks an inside, entire sentence without saying obviously. Come on, man. That's never going to happen. Uh, Lee Gunner to complete an AFTV interview without the words like, you know. I think he means Lee, uh, Lee Judges. 
Yeah. Did you remember when Gunnar was telling us how hard it was being a podcaster because he couldn't eat his sausage sandwich? What a cunt. That was what I that was on the 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 82 minutes of him saying the quiet part out loud thing. He's like, you know, I'm work, work. He's like, I'm work, 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 work. Rihanna, like work. And then he's like, I did I did these podcasts and I didn't even get that a sandwich and it was growing COVID. (laughs) We're like, what? We're like Alonzo says Jaka gets one card and scores five goals. Uh, I don't know that that's bold, Alonzo. I mean, that's just basically going to happen. Um, let's see. Laurie's saying Arteta's ha- hair remains perfect. And then Arnie brings up a good one. Only 16 likes in 40. F- and there's we've we actually had a lot of people in and out. For it. I let's, never, push, I just, let's push the like button. We've got a lot of people in today. Um, if, you, if you don't push the like button, and even if you do, then we're, gonna pl- we're just going to play our intro video. Arteta will draw a heart and brain on a whiteboard and then show how the energy is made. Whoever likened that photo to our lead, uh, I think it was Arteta. That was fucking great. That was that was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, who runs the Arsenal America? Is that Fredo? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Here's um, one, a little one-off. So I'm from central Illinois or- originally, a couple hours south where I live now. The whole time I lived there, there was no pubs that played football. There was no Arsenal people. I moved up north, and on the Gooners versus Cancer Instagram, we got a new follow the other day from Central Illinois Gooners. So I reached out. I'm like, who is this? Why why didn't this happen when I lived there? And it's just a a guy there who started it. They've got a restaurant down there now, or a bar that plays all the the games on the mornings. And they're now the newest official Arsenal America group. Cool. So shout out to those guys. What city? Uh, Bloomington, Illinois. Cool. Did we ever did we ever hear back about the Orlando thing? I'm pretty sure I sent my friend the right uh Oh no, Harp and Salt is not where they're gonna be watching Arsenal games now. All right. Can you find out where and let me know? Yeah, I saw something earlier today that some some something XL I I in the Facebook. Text Aston. I don't I don't have Aston's number. I thought I did. Um, but can you just text and ask? And then if he can meet up, these people are flying in from England today and then they want to go to the pub tomorrow. Um, Remind me like you just said? when we're not doing a podcast and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll text you. What was the name of the Irish pub you just said? Harp and Kelt. Great pub, but it's owned by a... take two Irish words? It's like, oh, this is the, the leprechaun in Guinness. That's going to be the name of my new Irish pub. That's what yeah, I call it, Owen. It's, it's, it's Owen's nickname. Yeah, it's called the Owen and, and, uh, and Owen. It's owned by a it's owned by a Spurs fan. There's a Spurs jersey hanging there, which Lee Judges took a, a picture with. It's pretty funny, um, and um, but it's it's a it's a good football bar. It's good for like national team games and stuff. But uh, but the Orlando Supporters Club actually watches someplace else and something called something XL or something. But like because I think you know it's made for fat people, but. Uh, uh, let's yeah, let's we'll, finish our bold predictions. At uh, Arsenal will get out of Europa early and challenge for the title. I don't. At is that on purpose or do you just think that's going to happen? Uh, I don't think this is a bold prediction. It's just a statement that Pepe lacks enthusiasm, which I completely agree. Um, so, um, so man, uh, Jacob, uh, aka poorly drawn Arsenal, his prediction was probably my favorite one of them all which was at some point this season, a manager will celebrate a goal by taking off his shirt. <laughs> like, like that's the kind of thinking, that's the thought process that I enjoy from a person. Like, like you know, now question. Well, that manager, is, is kind of lame, but, but 
Can we say that that manager might be Cristiano Ronaldo who takes over for Ten Hag during the season at United? <laughs> I mean, in, I mean, if if there was a manager, and we said this you know in the moment on the podcast when he brought that up, but like if there was ever anyone that would have done that, it would have been Paulo Dicadio for sure. Uh, but uh, I, I so, mean, I would love for that to happen. Who, who, what current? I mean, ruling out Sam Allardyce. Uh, what? current football manager would you think would be most likely to actually take his shirt off for a goal celebration or like for like like let's say it's a game winning goal in the 96th minute you know comeback from two nil down to win three two kind of situation like who would lose their shit enough to do that that's currently managing in the premier um i'll make a bold prediction no, I was going to say Lampard, Gerard, or if John Terry gets a management position. Yeah, John Terry got a management he's position. He's certainly then. doing it. He would whip it off and torque one of his players' wives on the on Yeah, the pitch. yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, the, whole, the team's going over there to clap the away fans, and he's just porking some somebody's wife on the – Daniel Roberts floor. saying clock. This, is, this is how you pork someone, by the way. <laughs> The problem, the problem with Danny or Robert saying it's Klopp is the fact that if he takes his T-shirt off too fast, he might rip out those dentures on the way. So there's a big hazard that that might happen. You got to be careful about that. Um, Or it could be Joaquin Lowe when he gets the job and just starts fisting himself. Oh God! And then sucking his tongue. Oh, Mike, what was your bold prediction? I don't remember. My bold prediction was. Conte won't finish the season, but I made that before mm-hmm. all the other bold, bold predictions of the same thing. Uh, pause, Paul, uh, aka Pause uh, from Arsenal Vision said Holland kind of ends up sucking, <laughs> which is very specific. Pro- like, like there's, you know, there's there's metrics to to measure that by. Uh, and Elliot said Darwin Nunez kind of sucks. <laughs> See, I think he's going to suck. He'll suck before Holland sucks. Uh, yeah, I I agree. Yeah. I was saying that I thought that Jota would score more goals than Nunez this season, but then I remembered that they signed Diaz and Jota might not get as many opportunities as I thought. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I think Nunez is poised to, to be kind of a one-trick pony. And if, if, his, uh, if his game gets shut down, uh, which I think would be a little easier. Him, like, now I think about it, like Liverpool, I have them winning the league. And, and like him and Jota will probably rotate, but their fucking wingers are so deadly that they spread defense, and then he'll probably be sitting in the box a lot unmarked, and if he's a poacher, then he's going to get a... You don't think the loss of Mahadio Sané, Sadio Mane is... Uh, I mean, I think they've done pretty well to, re- to, to reload after losing him. Yeah. And, and the Diaz thing was, was an advanced move to replace Mane, not necessarily unrelated. Um, so yeah, I mean, they have kind of reloaded pretty well on that, but, um, <laughs> what other, what, what other bold predictions were on there, Mikey, that you, liked? I don't hate, I don't hate Joaquin Lowe. I hate people that stick their fingers in their anus and then, and then put them in their mouth. I mean, that's what I, that, that's where the <laughs> hatred is. He just <laughs> happens to be so the person many that does that the most issues on television. Um, I yeah, I didn't want to call it out, but Richard saying you said Mario Sane. No, I said Mahadio Sane. Sane. That's that's a that, that was intentional joke that that I, I never used to oh, be able to get Sane and Mane right. We didn't get it. So. I said Mahadio Sane is a combination of the two. Holland will do a meditation celebration after scoring at Chelsea <laughs> and then gets hit in the head by a half water full water bottle from the stands. Now if that like happens, that one. 
Yeah. If that happens, we, we're, we're clipping this and saving it just in case that happens. Well, uh, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited that he's in the league. It's so hard for strikers to come to the league and, and hit the ground running. I fear he is just going to terrify every team. I mean, I haven't seen it. Mike, I mean, you watched a lot of Dortmund. I, I've only seen him play like Champions League and – the guy is just a fucking machine. And he, the, the one thing I think that's going to harm him is his size. I think he's going to be injured a lot because defenders will go at him. He's not going to be used to that. And bigger players like Lukaku, I don't, you know, similar size player. I just don't think he has the skill. But the few times that he's played for City this preseason, he has looked terrifying. Terrifying, but not particularly impossible to stop though like, like i mean he, he he provides a different profile jared could probably speak to this tactically better than i could but he provides a different profile than just about any like like skill profile than just about any other premier league player and you know ironically the last time i saw him live at dortmund he was completely marked out of the game eliminated out of the game it was a horrible game that they lost to leipzig like 4-1 uh but you know, when's the last time we saw literally like one of the two best players? You know, the, it was, first it was Messi, Ronaldo, and up until Ronaldo came via via Juventus at a much more advanced age, you know, neither of them came to the Premier League to apply their trade. Now it's it's Holland and, and Mbappe, and it's really going to be interesting to see how Mbappe or how Holland makes that transfer. I, I think Mbappe would be an absolute unbeatable superstar in the Premier League. I am not as positive about uh, Holland, but I mean, he'll get his goals simply by the, 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 the team that he plays for and, and the, the threats that they have on that team. Yeah. Uh, Mbappe, his skill set is what do they say? Like his game will travel. It doesn't matter what league you put him in. He's so unbelievably talented. He requires no service whatsoever. Right. He, he, is, a, he is like, uh, I'm not going to say Ronaldo's in this category because he gets a lot of good service, but like Messi could do something for, like he could literally yeah. catch the ball at the halfway line and it's in the back of the net 10 seconds later. And Bobby falls. Bobby has- he has the ability to be a more powerful, imposing mess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe not as fancy and tricky, you know, 40 yards from goal, but just a, with, with the like the powerful. I mean, having seen Mbappe play in person, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, that, clear, clear <laughs> from anyone right now is the best player in the world. Yeah, I saw Lone Star in the chat talking about Holland will have a monster season, and I think he'll have a big year too. Andy and I were talking about this right before we went live because we were having to wait on Mike. They play Bournemouth week two. That's going to be one that's right in his wheelhouse. And during the podathon, I think it was Kelly from the Not Another Arsenal podcast said it, and it's going to be, I think, exceptionally accurate. He said, Holland is like King Kong. And the relegation squads are like Japan. Like he's going to absolutely feast on them. Wait, so who said that? Doesn't have a great year. Uh, Kelly really? from Not Another Arsenal Pod stole that because I quoted. Uh, that's from the Football Ramble. That, okay. that he might have actually he might have actually uh, cited. Maybe that. they stole it from him, Andy. No, I think well, he actually might have cited that. I, I, I was I cited here. it on the pod because I just thought it was funny I, we, when we were talking to Dixon. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, you know. 
it's going to be interesting, right? Because he could come in and, and be a Lukaku and absolutely suck in this type of, uh, nah. I don't think it's going to happen, I, but it could happen. You see so many great strikers who come to the Premier League and they just cannot do it. He if won't he be on stays, that list. If he stays healthy and plays, let's say 31 out of 38 games, portions of 31 out of 38 Premier League games, if he has a bad season, what do you think the floor for his goals is? I say 15. No, I wouldn't go that high. I think for him, like eight or under would be a bad season. That, that, that's a bad season. I'm not saying what I'm yeah. expecting oh, I, him to get. I don't yeah, think I'm there's any like, way he gets – I mean, I'm assuming he'll probably be on penalties for them as they kind of rotated it last year. And he's got – Jack Grealish is going to play a lot more this year. He's going to get fouled a ton like he does. Yeah, he, so he's, he's going to grab penalties. a handful just on penalties probably. Yeah, plus London Lone, Lone Star Londoner is bringing up a good point. He's going to get a nice rest because he's not in the World Cup. That's true. Uh, yep, that's a fair point too. Yeah, which, you which know what though, like Odegaard too. But penalties aside, I think he's going to score at least ten league cup or sorry, ten goals in the league minimum. He'll score ten, and then you pepper in the penalties, he'll be up fifteen plus. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I think a bad season if he stays healthy. And I think I think what he's capable of is thirty. Yeah, I agree. When they say what's a that's primarily performing, I think fifteen's the basement, and I I think it'll be twenty but, plus. But are those goals additive or are they coming at the expense of the goals that would otherwise come from Foden and, and Mares and, and uh, it doesn't matter, Mike, there's still goals, right? Well, there's still goals, but you know, like I mean, you saw with honest. Ronaldo, Ronaldo scored a lot of goals last season, but it didn't necessarily help them win more games. I mean, man city's not going to have problems winning games. I'm just wondering whether they, you know, whether he's that, I mean, look, I'm not questioning the signing. It's an incredible signing. You make it every every single day of the week. But it should just be interesting to see how much it actually helps them. Yeah. Uh, I'm much more happy with them signing him because, again, when Man City wins the league, I'm unaffected by that. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a neutral, numb feeling for me. Uh, I think, if, he got, uh, if he had gone to Liverpool or gone to Chelsea or somebody else like that and had a great season and, and propelled them four spots up the table, then – that would have actually would, affected us negatively. Yeah, I agree. I would be devastated if he went to Chelsea. That would have been worst case scenario for me. Yeah, me too. All right, let's get to some questions here. Um, all right, first question is from Daniel Robert. I'll take this first so you guys can read it. Prediction for player of the season and improvement of the season. I'm assuming he means the most improved player of the season. Yeah. Um, I'll or go- it, might, it might be imp- like if this podcast gets you know 20 or more starts from you that we could be the most improved podcast of the season uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves here guys <laughs> okay um i'm gonna say player of the season will be between uh jesus and or Saka. um and is then, that arsenal only or is that premier league uh i'm just going arsenal, arsenal only. Yeah. yeah i'm just going arsenal only um i think we talked about the player of the season already for the last 10 minutes and then um my improvement of the season, I, I truly think Xhaka will be the most improved player for Arsenal in the fact that I think we're going to see a different Xhaka because now all the pieces around him are set. This team, like, you know, Dixon brought it up best. Like, he's great at his international level because the, the team around him make him better. I think we're going to see a much more improved Arsenal or, or Xhaka throughout the season. If we're talking about like a youth prospect and their improvement, then I think 
as good as we have a lot of young players, Martinelli for me is that one player who sky's the limit, right? I, I truly don't think he'll be at Arsenal for longer than two more seasons. He'll be a PSG city United player. Cause he's just, if he stays healthy, the kid's unstoppable. Yeah. This, this right. one's easy. If we're talking Arsenal only uh, player of the season is, is, is Jesus improvement of the season is Eddie Nketiah. Uh, sure. I mean, and, and the reason that Eddie Nketiah is the most improved player is because of Gabriel Jesus. Uh, Jared, what are your thoughts? Um, so my player of the season, like you guys, he's just going to have such a big impact right away. I think it's got to be Jesus. But my dark horse, because I think he's going to be right up at the top of the league on clean sheets, is Aaron Ramsdale. I think he's going to have a really good season. As far as improvement, can we just say the Arsenal as a whole? I mean, we finished fifth last year, and I, I picked us to finish third, and uh, I'll put this out there. I don't know if you'll call it a bold prediction or not. I think we'll finish third, and we'll be closer in points to second than fourth is to us. I think that's a – yeah. I, I almost think it'll be kind of like a 2-1-3 kind of cluster system mm-hmm. where there's two teams fighting for the top two spots. Third is going to be probably us, and then fourth, fifth, and sixth will be, you know – Tottenham Spurs West Ham or you could say I mean Tottenham United West Ham and Spurs maybe maybe even a four team cluster going for fourth through seventh the England you know the the, the Europe spots um, the one player I did want to mention and, and Lone Star Londoner mentioned him uh, as well I think with with Europa League games and the heavy fixture schedule I think we're finally gonna we're, we're gonna get our old ESR back I mean yeah. last season he was in my estimation, quite good in a little bit more limited of a role. You know, he was almost like a super sub and he did get a little bit of jaded, a little bit jaded towards the end of the season. But I mean, you know, when he, when he played, he was starting to score. As soon as Aubameyang departed the lineup, ESR was one of the two or three people, including Saka that stepped up and filled those goals. And then it was all of a sudden Martinelli's trajectory almost booted ESR out of the out of the regular rotation, and there weren't those second games in a week to give him a start in. So, I think we see ESR. You know, his kind of sheepish quietishness that we're seeing in the Amazon documentary kind of makes sense and backfills why you know maybe he isn't on the same trajectory as Asaka or Martinelli is. But I, you know, I, I think he's a fantastic player. I've said that I thought his upside might even be greater than Saka's. I'm not so sure about that now, but um, but this is, I, I think he could end up being most improved if you measure that not just on goals per minute, but on minutes and, and impact. Absolutely. Yeah, Alonzo Spencer saying he thinks the most improved player will be Ben White. We've got uh, Tom Canton from the Guna Talk who jumped in to say hello. Hi, Tom. Hope you're enjoying your FIFA. I just assume you're always playing FIFA. Um, a lot of people are saying ESR most improved. All right, next question. Mike, I'm just going to give you this one directly. Um, what are your thoughts on Nottingham Forest's uh, transfer uh, rumor of signing Dutch striker Jiz Hornkamp? I mean, Jiz is one thing, but then Hornkamp, um, you know, it, it, it's – it has a very explosive quality to it, uh, I would say. I you think a, he's got good ball control? <laughs> no, I think he just I think he's likely to just splatter the ball all over the place. Um, <laughs> Do you before, think he's gonna come on the 60th minute? Yeah, on I, a regular think, basis? I think he's gonna, well well 
he's got to he's got to come earlier than the 60th minute on because because if, if he's going to come on twice, he's going to need 30 minutes in between. So I I mean he's he's phenomenally uh, linked with with Nottingham Forest. He needs to be one of those guys like Thomas Partey who puts the first name on the on the shirt. Um, I realize that could have gone in a very different direction, actually, considering who randomly popped into my head. But, uh, but yeah, he, he's got to be a first name only on shirt type of person. Like and, they uh, do down in South America. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. I feel like his arrival is just going to come naturally to, uh, to Forrest. Never. No, it's um, – is he a <laughs> – Jared, do you think he's going to be a tasty signing for him? Do you think it could stick there for a few years? <laughs> you know, or do you think that the Nottingham Forest fans are going to be really salty about his? <laughs> I mean, he's got a natural affinity for scoring, so I think he'll be a a fan favorite. Maybe not so much of the ladies. We'll see. I mean, he's not easy on the eyes. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and if he has a rough go early on, he's going to be tough to swallow for some of the fans there. So that's very true. Maybe not the way they want to go. Yeah, yeah. And, and as Gunnarwick says, the signing's a bit premature, but uh, but yeah, um, wow. This is going to be the we just, like, what, uh, what's our combined age? One hundred and twelve. This is going to be the same going on thirteen. When the lymphoma lymphoma society and or Arsenal are going to be like, you know what, we we kind of tuned in at the wrong times. Let's go to yeah. their next pod. Yeah, and, exactly, uh, exactly. They keep and their money in dirt bags. Uh, <laughs> my, my excuse is going to continue to be. Oh, you picked the wrong time and the wrong pot. By the way, today, uh, no one's wishing me a happy 34th anniversary today. Oh, that's right. Hey, to you and Steph. Well, no, hey. That's nothing Steph, to do with Steph. Steph's, no, Steph has put up with you for 34 years. No, now, Steph, she hasn't put up with me for 34. We've only known each other for 27 years. That's not what my 34th anniversary. August 4th, 1988. Oh, God damn it. I thought it was your actual wedding anniversary with Steph. No. 34 years you thought I'd been married? Dude, you're like 65. I'm 49 years old. I didn't get married when I was 15. Hey, what are we doing for your, hey, what are we doing for your 50th? Hey, it's your 50th and my 40th. We got to do something. Uh, you know, that's not my responsibility. I'll make myself available. You guys come up with what you're doing. Um, Wait, is your but, house going to be done by then? Uh, by then, my God, it better be, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Problem solved. Uh, We're having a party. We're 34 doing. years ago today, I stepped off the plane at Heathrow, a man, a boy, and and two years later, I was a man. And uh, You lost your virginity at 27? I did not lose my virginity in London, but uh, but from a, uh, from, from a man from the, making me who I am today, today was the, the day I landed in London and began my new life. Uh, uh, so. Great story. AK is saying, do we need another striker? Um, yesterday, yesterday, I think we need other positions of depth before we look at the striker position. I would agree. We just signed in Kedia to a five year deal, he's obviously going to deputize Jesus. And we've got Martinelli in case of emergency. I think anybody else you'd bring in would be people would demand a player that's good enough, they wouldn't want to accept the role they would get this season. What percentage chance, given that we have? 25 days left and the season starts tomorrow. What percentage chance we sign uh, Telemans, do you think, Andy? Um, 
between t- between today and tomorrow, or did you? No, say- no, no, between today and the end of the. the oh, uh, oh. Um, I'm saying at this point, he's obviously going to be one of those traditional Arsenal signings where you don't really see him until the season's a month old. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think with Torreira officially going to Zagallo Tassarai, and we'll probably shift the money. Miles. Yeah, um, I, I think there's a I think there's a ninety percent chance. Ninety. For the forty million price tag that some of the friends of ours who kind of are in the media have been suggesting, no. Um, last year of contract, I think we could get him next season for nothing. I think if we pay twenty or less for him, better it be twenty-seven rising to thirty is probably what. Yeah, I mean, which I would say just saying twenty, but I'd go to thirty. Um, doubling Gunnar saying we didn't need a striker yesterday because we didn't have a game. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but like forget forget what the fee is, forget what the timing is. Like will will he be an Arsenal player by the end of the window? You think 90%? I think 90% chance, yeah, because we know that's a position we need depth at. All right, Jared. I was gonna say 75%, but yeah, I think it's much more likely than not we'll see him at Arsenal by the end of the window. I also like the fact that in this transfer window specifically, we are focusing on players with Premier League experience. And I think that puts mm-hmm. him over the edge of some of the other midfielders. Now, if we can't get the deal done with Leicester, you know, that's too bad. They're going to lose him for free. So they, they're probably going to be pushed to get rid of him. This um, is the first time, and I think we have all the leverage for that free transfer uh, pre-contract thing in January. Well, can't do it in January for a domestic team, I think. No, you can't do it in January. I think you can have conversation in January, but you can't sign the contract until the end of the season. But he could do he could sign a contract for a European club January right. one. Right, right. The pre-contract right. where you're literally contracted to move on July first uh, is only outside of the Premier League. I mean, if we're believing Fabrizio, is that how you say his name? I don't know. He had a pretty Fabrizio. big screw up yesterday. Well, the guy still signed for Chelsea, so I don't think it was that big of a screw up. Oh, but, did, he st- did he actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's official now. Um, oh, then that wasn't even a screw up. That was a, no, like, it was just, stuff. yeah. Uh, I think, you know, from what we're led to believe, the pre contract's already been signed from what he's heard between Arsenal and the player. You know, now it's just down to the club. Um, all right, we have one last question. Saka, ESR, Martinelli, Odegaard all get 10-plus goals. If not, who misses the mark? I, I'll go here first because, again, I'm reading these prehand. Uh, I guess to me, if Odegaard doesn't score 10 goals, I'm okay with that. I think for him, it's how many assists and, and setups that he's going to have, and that'll be his integral part to our team. I think, again, for ESR, I wouldn't put him in that has to store, score 10-plus goals now. For us to compete with third place or above, Saka and Martinelli have to have double-digit goals in the league. Um, it has to be that. Uh, I would say if ESR and Odegaard score five goals and they've got double-digit assists, that for them is probably a successful season. If we're talking in all competitions, including Europe, then I then I think all four of them get ten. Yes, goals. but I'm thinking just leave because I think ESR, ESR might get seven or eight goals in the group stage of the uh, Europa League by himself. Yeah, and you yeah. know Martinelli could score five against like you know Blackpool in the League Cup, right? I mean, I think for now me, Martinelli's he, playing in the in the League Cup. That might be where we see Reese Nelson. <laughs> uh, Jared, what do you think? Yeah, for for me, it's down to two. I mean, Saka and Martinelli, I think, are the most likely to get there. If we're talking just Premier League, I think ESR is the least likely because Martinelli is going to eat up a lot of his minutes 
And potentially, you know, he's had some kind of ongoing in- injury issues. So I'm not sure how quickly he'll be back, how much they'll try and maybe taper off his minutes just to protect him a little bit. So I think he's the least likely, but all four are talented enough. They could do it, but I, I definitely don't think we're going to see all four score that many in league. Um. Okay. I've got a text here. Just literally got this text from a friend. So I'm going to put it in the comment section, put it up as a question. And I want the chat group to answer it as well as both of you. Uh, so my neighbor, Adam is a diehard. Well, I won't say a diehard, but him and his son are, really really enjoy watching liverpool but he asked me what do you guys think of this arsenal is 100 plus 125 to finish in the top four you think that's a good bet i hate any bet that you got to wait nine months to collect on like those futures bets are just like to me that's that's not a good investment because you could put money in a almost i mean for that kind of return you could you could do other things but you, I mean, you could so... buy the new Gooners Pod NFTs we're going to put out. Don't say the J word. Don't say the J word. Um, okay, but looking at that as a pure in the vacuum of saying is that good money for the outcome? I would, I would put, I, I'd put some money on that. Finishing the top four, I, I would thought, it, yeah, that's probably about right. I mean, I'm sure, you know, the top two teams are like you barely get like a dime back on your dollar uh for top four but arsenal being plus 125 to finish the top four that's basically the odds makers saying that we shouldn't finish in the top four and i think they're wrong about that so i'd put money on that i mean I would agree. 10 bucks on it right yeah i mean we're on the good side of even money so i think that's beneficial yeah, you're, and- a, you're, a, you're, an, you're an ice king now you can put more than 10 bucks on it that's not i wouldn't i don't bet uh, you know you're betting on yourself. Uh, put the money on Newcastle. No. You know, uh, when we were down in Mexico last week, there was like who has Newcastle was... added? I mean, I know they have, but I'm at, I'm like so I'm asking. I'm not saying. I don't know. They... I, I don't know. Guimaraes, like who? Like we can look they're... it up. Look it up, my fast. I'll tell you the story. When we were in Mexico, there was a family from Newcastle, and we were sitting chatting, and they all thought that. Uh, they're not there yet, but they were all really, they were like, Hey, you should be excited as an Arsenal supporter with what's going on. And I was like, yeah, we are. It's, but again, it's Arsenal, right? It um, takes a few, yeah. I mean, it takes a few years, even when you have new money like that. So basically they've added Sven Botman from Lille, Matt Target from Villa, Nick Pope from Burnley. Um, am I looking at the right? No, yeah, I, you are because that's all they've added. Well, and you know, similar to City, right? They didn't add a shit ton of names, and and I well, think Rubinho by accident. Rubinho thought it was going to United. United. Uh, <laughs> I could see Newcastle being busy the last week of the window. Yeah, probably. Uh, Isaac Hayden's coming back from loan, um, and then they sent him back out. Um, yeah, I mean, they they've not added any significant players. Since Guimaraes, that Sven Botman guy, I mean, he's, he's, he's a 30, 32 million pound addition, but, um, and, you know, 22 year old, two year old, but they added Target who's 26, Nick Pope's 30, and that's not a high impact signing. So um, I think Pope is. It's considering player. it's an upgrade from their Dubrovnik or whatever his name was. Dubrovka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's, yeah, but he's 30. So he, you know, he'll, uh, 
Maybe Patrick is a Newcastle fan. He can tell us why he thinks putting the money on Newcastle instead of Arsenal is worth a punt. Well, it's um, probably just because of the odds. It's probably eight to one for Newcastle, but yeah, you know, it's because I think it's almost impossible that they. I I would have them down for ninth this season, and then and and then they'll, and, and you know it would be pretty harsh on him with this squad if the, if he doesn't get top if he doesn't get Europe and get sacked then uh, maybe you can have your dream come true and finally get Eddie Howe as the, uh, as the manager of Arsenal. Um, yeah, we had one last agenda note, but uh, Jared, I forgot to move it to earlier in the show, so we won't be doing it. Um, well, that was informative. Tom Canton, what's closer, Torreira to Galatasaray or the microphone to Jared's face? <laughs> I love when Georgia grabs his phone and adds some comical value to our lives. Yeah, I mean, the, that was funny, so it had to be Georgia. Yeah. Well, at some um, point, I can give Tom a little audio class and maybe make his mic sound a little better. So ooh, reach out to me, Tom. We'll get it taken care of for you. Uh, Loki saying um, Arsenal are 8-1 to in England. And hey, guys, let's hold hands. 50-1. Fifty to one to finish top four, or fifty to one for the title. They must be fifty to one. To f- they can't be fifty to one for top four. That's got to be title. No, that it's would be a title. way. Yeah. That would be a way. I mean, I would actually jump on that because they could they could go and make some huge moves in January, like have a pretty good first first four months, and then just kick it into overdrive in January. I think they'll make. I think they'll be the most active team on the the last week of the window. Yeah. It could be the case, you know. So maybe um, they can take all of our players that we're, you know, we're stuck with. Maitland Niles could play for Newcastle. I mean, in a, no problem. All right, um, so we, we wrapping this up. Let's wrap it up. We have done, so so according to our episode. Hey, I hope I hope uh, Horn. What was his last name? Horn, Horn Clutch. <laughs> I hope he wraps it up. Of you, am I right? <laughs> oh, oh, Jizz Horncamp. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> The um, the episode that we're on now is the 45th episode of our seventh season because we we're going to be cutting and slicing up all the Podathon episodes. We've been doing uh, this for seven seasons. Seven seasons, 45 episodes of the season hasn't even started yet. Um, so this right. might be the season we hit 100 episodes in a season if uh, if it goes well and we feel like potting every week or more than once a week. Dude, Canton does 40 in a week. Well, you know that's his job. Um, the pro's pro. You know what I have to say to that? <laughs> I, 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 my love for him like tripled after he did that. So, um, all right. Well, we're wrapping up game tomorrow. Should I do a? Um, should Should we do a post game open mic tomorrow night? I'm uh, gonna be out. I'm actually going to meet up I mean, with I'm one of the uh, pub, but I can bring my stuff to the pub. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not gonna be in either. I'm uh, it's in service day for school tomorrow. Whatever the fuck that means. It's yeah, I got like it. a 35 minute drive home from the game, maybe more than that, to where I'm going. So I'll probably be out for from that the one. Game. Oh, but you're going you're going to meet up with uh, Christian tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, Christian oh, from dude. not another that Arsenal pod. He actually lives nearby, so we're gonna meet up nice. and watch the game. How, how that hasn't happened yet, I have no idea. So like six oh two gunner, eight oh two gunner, six twelve. Three one two. Three one two gunner. Louis had the area. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we're only like thirty five minutes apart and it just hasn't worked out scheduling wise. So uh tomorrow. Are you getting together like like solo or are you going to the globe? 
Uh, no, we're actually going to a supporters pub out close to where he lives, and he's got a handful of buddies that all go there that are Arsenal oh, fans. So, yeah, should be a good time. All right, man. Well, we'll take pictures. And uh... Uh, I remember there was one time that I hooked Mike up with some uh, Chicago Gooners, and they took a picture of him asleep in the um, in the booth because he got I hammered. I wasn't sleeping. I was not sleeping. Was one of them B? No, it was. I, I hope he's alive because I met him for know, like, three he, months he, ago, and then dude's just got radio silence. He moved to Colorado, and he, uh, he donated to the charity. He okay, so he is alive because he doesn't respond to texts anymore. Well, he's on Twitter. I don't go on there. Well, that's your fault. All right, so we're wrapping this up. Thank you to the uh, thirty to forty of you who were here during the show. There was a lot um, more than that. Yeah, at times, but uh, but then this 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 level of banter has brought it down to thirty two. Please hit the like button if you enjoy it. Uh, great seeing some of the same names, and then also Tom. Uh, and uh, because these bozos didn't do it at the outset of the show, we're going to do it now. We're going to use our intro as an outro. Come on, you get it. Once upon a time, way back when there were only nine thousand Arsenal podcasts, five young men from various backgrounds. An Irish kid with a horrible haircut. A young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome advertising magnate with impeccable judgment. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan. Hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared. Mikey. Ewan, Magic, and Andy. And the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last Witness to season seven, 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 seven. Welcome to the Gooners.